Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is a March 30th. That's right. You got like a day and a half left edition of the MSP Initiative Live. And if you watch this show or you don't, we're going to go through some housekeeping and then we'll get on with the good stuff. So MSPinitiative.com. This and every other session we've ever done is there in podcast and video format. So that way you can catch all the shit, the silly shenanigans and the people who give out their cell phone at the end of this session, they're on here. So you can go back and grab them. We are running a in-person event this year called MSP Community Minds. We are going to have it in Denver, uh, August 13th and 14th. So circle your schedule and register. We're going to have some pretty good you know, experts from around the industry that are going to try and workshop you through concepts rather than just a PowerPoint with bullets that you never actually do anything with. One of those special guest speakers is here today. We are also announcing, and we'll be posting these up momentarily, our uh, some of our MSP block parties. We did one in London a week and a half ago, and thank you if you came out for that. That was awesome that we were able to take it over across the pond. Uh, but we are going back across the pond for uh, Datacon Dublin in June, so circle that one. We'll be at um, Taylor Business Group Big Big in August, a few weeks after MSP Minds in Fort Lauderdale, circle that one. Boat will reemerge there, and it's a nice one at that. And we're also circling Datocon Miami um, as well. So circle that. Those are three parties. Put them on the schedule. We love the block parties. We know you do too. And you should definitely check them out if you haven't already. We're still stitching together all of the videos from the All-American Rejects back in November. That'll be cool. You might be able to get an entire concert if we put them all together. Maybe I'll give them to Eric to put, you know, stitch them together. He's good at that stuff. I'm in. Last Second to last is community offers. We have some a uh, few companies here, and we have more coming that have posted offers for the industry and the community. Feel free to check those out. And then our industry calendar, and all we're doing is just consolidating for you. I know a lot of people have different versions of this calendar, but drag it out. should take you to the end of the year. If we are missing something, submit it, and that way we can just keep up to date with everybody and all their various events throughout the year. And that is my housekeeping. Today, we bring on maybe a name you don't know yet, or maybe you do, but a good friend of mine out of the Denver area, or he likes to make it there sometimes, maybe not exactly from there, Mr. Eric Bowles. How you doing today, Eric? George, my brother, doing exceptionally well. How are you? You know, it is, uh, it is a Thursday. I'll give you that. It's been it a is a Thursday. Day. It's the end of the month. It's the end of the quarter. It is that time. It yeah. is definitely like, and the first quarter of this year just absolutely was on fire. Like it was almost like you Dude, weren't sitting happened? in the classroom watching the the clock tick and like warp speed. Dude, it was like it was Christmas, and now all of a sudden, like we're we're in spring. Like winter's over. I, you say that, but it's opening day here in Philadelphia for my Phillies, and it's like twenty degrees is <laughs> with the wind chill. So I'm not so sure about that spring part yet. Uh, for those of you in warmer climates, yeah, lucky you. Yeah, well, and we're in Colorado, and we always have what we call fall spring. So it's like things get warm, the grass starts to get just a little tinge of green, and then we get about eighteen inches of snow. I have, I get snow too, but I would prefer to be on a plane somewhere else when it's happening. I'll be honest. Oh, you're in Philly. You get way worse snow than we do in Colorado. Like we get bad snow up in the high country, but everybody's like, oh, it snows so much. Denver, Colorado Springs at Pueblo, Fort Collins doesn't snow all that much. Like when it snows back East, you guys get snow. Yeah. And the humidity is like, way higher. So it's way colder there. hundred percent. No yeah. question. It's bone chilling uh, cold. Here it's dry. At, but at this point, if you don't have a snowblower and you're in the Northeast, it's on you. 
Like you had every opportunity. <laughs> so dude, I got like a 30 inch snowblower. It's like the width of a sidewalk. It's two stage, wow. whatever. It'll shoot snow all the way across the street onto the sidewalk on the other side. And now I get mad when it doesn't snow enough to use the snowblower. Do you and your neighbors you know, like each other or how does that, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, well, I, I did it on accident. Like I was like, let's see what this thing will do. And I wound it up and it shot it clear across the street. And I was like, huh, that's, that might be overkill. I might have overdone it just a, a little. Yeah. If you, if, if I had a sidewalk and, and your snow ended up on my sidewalk after I did it, I might have to have some words. <laughs> just got to be honest. And if you're in the city, you know, in Philly, people left the double park in South Philly and they don't talk, ticket you there for some reason. Right. Uh, probably because there's not enough car. There's not enough parking spots for the cars that are there anyway. But if you like, it's a thing, right? I don't know if you watch, you know, it's all sunny in Philadelphia. One of those oh, other yeah. fun shows. Like if somebody puts their chair down in a spot that they just shoveled and like you, you mess with that spot. That's bad news. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Don't make your snowblower fill up my spot. Anyway, right. uh, for people who don't know you, Eric, you have a long, crazy journey. Uh, let's 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 go down memory lane. How did you start and how did you get to where you're at? And like, we'd love to give some context to people about Eric Bowles and what you bring to the table. So um, let's jump way, way, way back where um, uh, all throughout the 90s, I was a um, firefighter with the fire department and it's the best uh, part-time, full-time job you'll ever have because you work nine days a month, right? You work 24 on 48 off with a 96 hour break in the middle. And um, so yeah, everybody has was a second volunteer. job. <laughs> What's that? I thought fire departments were mostly volunteer fire departments. They are back East. Um, there's okay. still, it's, there's still a great deal of, of volunteer culture back East, but as you start on the West and move across, or as you start on the East and move West, it's much more paid. Um, <laughs> yeah. So everybody's got a second job. Right. And um, uh, I was um, a, a buddy of mine in like 94, 95, um, I'd, I'd kind of been a computer geek ever since I was a kid. Like, you know, my, my parents bought me the first Apple two E in 1981 or whatever, when I was 11 years old. And, um, I had a couple modems and I stole phone lines from neighbors and my sisters and my parents and ran a BBS out of my parents' house and all that. But it was just more of a whatever. And then, um, somebody showed me a chat room on AOL and they were like, dude, we can meet girls on this. And the first thing I thought was, I was like, you can make money at this. Like there's an entire focused group around a specific topic and there's hundreds of them. And that kind of started that buzz. And then, um, so I started a web design company, right? And that was back in 1995 when, when anybody could be a web designer because every single website sucked and um, sure. you didn't have to have any skill. And sure. uh, uh, so I did that. And um, lo and behold, we were in, I was in a small town of Washington state and um, uh, a, a company out of Seattle, Washington said, we don't really care about you or any of your stuff or your hosting or any of that, but we, we would like to, to buy your client list. I was like, wow, that's weird. Okay. So I sold that. Um, that was uh, eight and a half, nine months into doing it, into starting it. Wow. Um, during that time, program. I met with all these businesses and all these businesses were like, you know, we have like a printer on every desk. Everybody has a dial up connection or, or whatever. Like how do we connect all these together? So we only have one printer. Everybody uses the internet together. And, and we got a lot of that. So we started the Bulls Group, which was a, a consulting team, um, a consulting company, mainly about, about connectivity, networking, all that kind of stuff, whatever. Yeah. Didn't know the first thing about networking, but neither did they. So win-win, right? And um, uh, so I went out and figured it out and we, we started that and um, sold that in uh, about 
13 months, 14 months, about 14 months to a company in Portland. And what we learned through those two processes was when websites get built, there's a company that hosts a website and there's a company that writes all the stuff on the back end, PHP, JavaScript, you know, Java, MySQL, whatever. And then when they go to publish the website to a different hosting company, everything breaks. And we knew we didn't want to get back into the front end business because that sucks because now we're getting better and it's late nineties and websites actually start to look good and people are developing flash and all that. We're like, we don't want to get back in the front end business. What if we just did backend PHP apps, things like that, Java, JavaScript, whatever. And we did hosting. So there was one throat to choke. We owned both halves of that equation and there was nobody else doing that. So we became a hosting company that did backend development hmm. and, um, Grew that into the largest hosting company in Colorado. We had just right around 10,000 customers, just shy of 10,000 customers. And in 2001, um, back way up, 1995, when this whole domain name thing came out and you had to do it through Network Solutions and you had to get two years up front and it was $70, 140 for two years, I registered, just because I thought it would be worth something and domain squatting back then was still kind of cool, I registered gazette.com um, because mm. of the local town newspaper in town, I mean, we're you know, 600,000 people, but um, the local newspapers is the Gazette. So I registered gazette.com and um, they came knocking and they said, hey, we we want to buy that from you. And I was like, I'll make you a deal. I won't sell it to you. I'll give it to you, but I want all your hosting. Hmm. We're all 118 properties nationwide. And they're like, we're just now thinking about actually getting out of the hosting our own stuff business because it's, it's not what we do. And hmm. it worked out. And then I sold that and they called me back and they said, you know, why don't you come figure out our whole interactive play? <clears throat> Excuse me. Come figure out our interactive play. And I was like, I'll be, I'll, I'll come in for six months, but um, I honestly don't believe in anything at all. The newspapers do. I think you guys are dead. I don't think you guys will ever figure it out. So I'll come in for six months and that's about all the, as much time as I can give you. And um, so I went in and uh, seven years later, I looked at my watch and I was like, I still work in a newspaper. What in the hell am I doing with my life? So left there, um, thought I would do a big thing and go to Verizon and get my name on the wall. Big, huge, unsteerable ship. That turned out to be a mistake. I was there about 14 months and uh, started business number four, um, which was all about um, outdoor lifestyle, craft beer, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. All video, all, all HD video content stuff. Um, and I'd known uh, the founder of Pax8, who before that founded... Um, MX Logic and before that USA.net. I've known him and his co-founder Scott Jason since the 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 mid mid to late nineties. And uh so I went to MX Logic and helped him rebuild his his engineering team, his sales engineering team. And uh then I went off to do a night. We sold that. He sold that to McAfee and then on to Intel. Went off to to do another startup of my own. Um and then he went off to found Pax eight. Um I helped out in the very, very early days of Pax eight with, you know, go to market strategy and digital and all that kind of stuff and whatever, but I was kind of preoccupied with, with what I was building. And then, uh, went back in whatever it was, 2021, January of 2021, um, to help build out PAX 8 studios and, uh, um, just left there six months ago, something like that. Um, we got PAX 8 studios up and running, which is doing really, really well and is run by some of the most brilliant people in, in, in the channel. And so, you know, um, you and I've talked about this before, but it was like, you know, we didn't even have channel back in the late nineties when you were starting what you were doing. And I was doing with, with, uh, um, some of the companies I was running is that we were VARs, we were value added resellers. Like the channel didn't even exist. And now we're heading into the, in, into the new world of ecosystems where the word channel is about to go away, you know? 
ecosystems, channel, cloud, hosted. I love these terms. They just come out of left field. Right. Um, so you've had a, if, I mean, number one, love the entrepreneurial kind of, hey, I'm going to start things. And it worked out for you mostly, I think, um, other than the seven years at the newspaper, probably a little bit longer than you wanted to. Um, <laughs> we we all have, I mean, every every IT company who, you know, and you know, we, we talk about how easy it was depending on when you started it, but every person that's, you know, started a, a what, you know, we now call MSPs or IT firms and managed services, whatever, there's a little bit of entrepreneurialism uh, in there, right? Where like, you got to actually run a company, right? It's, you know, you're, you're in a business to make money, not to work for free, hopefully. Right. So uh, there's something to that. I love the reality of, you know, things morph all the time. But I think the challenge, I mean, you said, hey, back in the day it was VAR. And yeah, I've lived this journey for a long time. I've seen the permutations and I've grown through it, literally cutting my teeth the hard way. I swear from 2000, when I kind of started my own IT company back, you know, when I was in my school days, all the way till now, when you ask people what they're struggling with, sales and marketing have not left the top like five things that people have raised their hands for. And like you would think 23 years later, we have a good handle of it. I don't know. Apparently not. <laughs> I no, I, I don't think we do it. And I, and I think there's a lot of reasons why that is, right? So exactly to your point is that <clears throat> I spoke to, I know the exact number, I spoke to um, uh, 347 um, different MSPs, one-to-one for an hour each. I spent 347 hours on calls. You were one of those, very, very early on one of those. That's how you and I met. Um, is uh, you know, year and a half or whatever the heck it was ago, right? It was um, uh, I I spent time talking to them, and I'm like, you know, what do you need to be successful as an MSP? What's what are your hurdles? What are your challenges? Where are you going? And lo and behold, every single time it is sales and marketing. Like I get the tech side, I understand what they need to do, expressing that, sending them that message, getting them on board. That's the big gap, right? So we talk a lot about um, you know data security and we talk about frameworks and best practices and 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 marketplaces and channel and and products and tech stacks and all that we don't talk about how you actually bridge that gap between those two um and that that that's really where the, where the problem lies in that growth strategy and it's because you know um uh, a buddy of mine said years ago you know one thing i know is as sure as the sun will come up tomorrow is that marketers ruin everything and and marketers and creatives both have, have basically trained us to think and and the school system and and you know you know that from hiding routers in the ceiling and in, in the cafeteria you know the school system like we're all born creative we all start off in kindergarten with scissors and paper and crayons and pens and this and that and whatever and then they like slowly like pull that away and replace it with you know books on algebra and english and science and whatever and and kind of push us into this world where it's like <clears throat> don't be creative. Don't be a free thinker. Focus on, you know, um, what we tell you to do and how we tell you to do it. <clears throat> My daughter, when she was in school, she had a, a a physics problem and I helped her with it. And she came back and she was like, I got it wrong. And I was like, what do you mean you got it wrong? Calculus, not physics. And I was like, it's not wrong. I was like, it's right. I know it's right. Like my background's in engineering. Like this is right. Went in and talked to the teacher and teacher was like, no, 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 the answer's right. And I was like, great, mark it right. And she was like, she went about it wrong. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have a problem here, man. Like, I can see this already. I'm like, 
the answer is right. I was like, there is no wrong way to do it. She was like, we have a way we want them to do it. And I'm like, I do not care what you want. I was like, as long as she gets the right answer, which is what you asked. And I was like, I will be at the administration building, taking it apart brick by brick if we don't solve this here. And, but it was very, very clear that it's like, we want to train you down this certain path. So, you know, everybody's creative. Everybody has that creative, that, that creative spirit. And everybody understands marketing from the way that what, what we think about marketing. Now that's not, that's not a dig on marketing because I think marketing is, is, is a, is a different thing. And I think there's so many not real marketers that claim they're marketers that it's kind of washed that out. And so we don't understand what a marketer is. Um, but just engaging with humans, being normal, being human, having a conversation, um, um, adding value instead of selling, that's marketing. And it's certainly the future of marketing. As we head into 2023 in the creator economy, everything has changed. Like we're literally in this, in this weird space that you saw in the late 90s when the internet really started to pop and everybody was like, oh, there are multiple things converging at once, right? Well, we're there now. We just came out of a pandemic. Everybody's way more comfortable on remote calls, everybody's way, way, way more comfortable on video. Um, the pandemic kind of taught us that we spent way more, way much more time online. We're done with banner ads. We're done with, 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 with injected ads. We're done with being sold to. We're done with cold calls. We're done with drip emails. We're done with all of that stuff. We're all these things are coming together. Like the next leap is where what's really exciting about this is that, and you know, the, the, there's an economic downturn. And as we know, things are cool. Things are born in downturns. Um, it's not exciting to see people lose their job in tech. What is exciting about this is that this is one of those evolutionary moments where large too big to fail companies um, sit back on their heels and, and, and get comfortable. And the, and the small innovative I don't need to go through five meetings and 17 different people to get something done, go flying past them. The people that they originally thought were ankle biters are now whipping right past them and they don't understand what happened and, and how it happened. And so I think the, the, the opportunity that's in front of us as MSPs, as ISVs, as all of those things is massively, massively huge. It's interesting that <clears throat> There's a lot of time and money and energy spent in the more traditional things that we all have seen, right? Blogs and newsletters and you know, the you know, the the drip campaigns. And there's a lot of email mark uh, email automation, uh, not email marketing automation tools, right? Yeah, you know, the Mailchimp, Subspots, the Infusionsofts, and all those things out there. And there's a lot of energy around the it, the content that you're putting into those systems. But I feel like the content is just a digital form of the paper stuff I saw back in the day. Like, hasn't really gotten much better for some reason. And like, there's a reason why. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm not trying to target anyone, but there's a reason why they're like, "Hey, come buy this program, and we're going to show you how to do it." And then they you do it, and then they come back and they're like, "Well, it didn't work because you didn't send it to enough people." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> what's about how many people is enough people? Oh, twenty thousand. Yeah. 20,000. <clears throat> now it's like, now we're just, you know, making stuff up, I think. But bottom line is, I feel like the traditional marketing tactics may have some value still, but like, they're not moving the needle. They haven't been moving the needle for so long that people don't even know what the needle looks like. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's, you know, what, one of the arguments that I've heard from a lot of people is, you know, you know how I know cold calling works? Because it's worked for the last 12 years. 
that is the equivalent of saying, you know how I know that horseback works? Because it's worst worked for the last 300 years. And you're right. It will still work. If you spread your, if you cold call enough people, you're going to get somebody to say yes. But increasingly so, more and more people are saying no. So it's not that it's ineffective. It's just that, and and I don't, I don't think that we should, we should eliminate, you know, outbound calling. What I think is that in 2023, there is zero excuse for any, for any call or any email to truly genuinely be cold. You have so many opportunities to engage with somebody as a human being. And then, you know, that's really all we're trying to do with the drip campaign. And now, like I, like I literally saved the article on, on uh, uh, LinkedIn because somebody was, was talking about how if you go out and um, look at somebody's LinkedIn profile save the web page as a PDF, open up that PDF, copy and paste it into chat GPT four and say, tell me some things that I can talk with this person about based on the following resume when I'm trying to sell them X. And now AI will spit out this thing where you're like, you can, it, it'll give you talking points about things you have in common and things you can bond over and whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God, like we're going the opposite. Some people are going the opposite direction. Like now we're faking genuine connection. Um, it, it, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And what's even scarier is there's 80 or 90 comments with people going, this is brilliant. This is genius. This is gold. Now, the good thing in all of this is marketers continue to talk about themselves. Imagine if you were to go like on a first date with somebody and you sat down across the table and you spent the first 20 minutes of the call of, 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 of the, of the date, drinks, coffee, whatever dinner, and talked about how amazing you were and how rich you were and how successful you were and the car that you drove and the house you lived in and how you maybe had a boat. Like you're not getting a second date. Nobody cares about you. Do they want you to care about them? Mm -hmm. Don't care how great your product is. Services and products have been commoditized. For every single product out there, I can find three more that does almost exactly what it does to a close enough margin that I don't necessarily need your product. Same goes for MSPs. In every single town, I can find an MSP that does exactly what you do. Because all you're doing is selling me licenses and coming in and implementing it, protecting it, doing security. It might be at varying levels, but again, I don't know that and I don't care. So I would actually advocate that we move away from managed service provider and move to BSP, which is business solutions partner, where you actually sit down at the table and have a conversation and say, tell me about your business. Where are you going? What are you doing? What are your hurdles? What are your goals in 6, 12, 18, and 24 months? Now let me talk about how we can leverage technology to make you a better, more successful, more efficient business. It's when you start to add that value that, that it changes the game and you become an integrated part of their business. So granted, yeah, I, can already, I can already hear the MSPs going, I don't have time to do that kind of crap. What if you could make the same amount of money you're making right now with half the customers because you had more, a higher C count, more tech invested, your, 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 you know, your cost per customer or your, your revenue per customer was higher and your CAC was lower and your lifetime value was higher. Right. I mean, that, that seems like kind of a no brainer, you know, to not have to manage so many different customers, you know, <clears throat> I mean, obviously it's inside baseball here, but I'll take BVoIP as an example, right? It's like, I can go out and find any other VoIP provider. There's a ton of them out there, but you, you show how many people are super happy with what you guys are doing. And it's not really about the product. It's about how you service them. All your customers that talk about how great BVoIP is, is not about the product. I mean, the internet's pretty stable now. I can go to other VoIP providers and get my voice to go somewhere else. Hell, we're doing it right now over, over the internet.
It's about how you make them feel about the investment that they've made inside your technology. And that's the game that, that, that Bevoip is playing that makes it different for your customers. And when somebody else comes along and says, you know, I can save you like $1.25 per phone line, they're like, eh, that ain't worth it. It's not about the money. It, it's about us having reliability, knowing I can call somebody, knowing that they're here and they got my back. That's really what it's about, right? So, um, I, mean, I mean, listen, there's, we see it every time, right? We talk about, <clears throat> I'm going to bring it up until they do something different. Frontier Airlines deleting their phone number saying, you can't ever call us anymore. Chatterbust. Right. I still find that mind boggling. I mean, bottom line is, depending how the economy is going, either a lot of people invest in customer experience or a lot of people cut it out and try and automate as much as they can. And like, there's always this roller coaster of that up and down. From a modern way to number one, deliver a message, make an introduction, gain some sort of traction. Um, you know, our, our mutual buddy, Gary V, right? He's like, if you're under $25 million in revenue, the company's brand should never supersede your brand. You are the brand. You are the company, the person. That's Somebody right. needs to be the face of your company. Who is that? Uh, I think a lot of MSPs hide behind some brand that got created for them. And most of them aren't super, to be honest. The product is no longer the brand. The logo is no longer the brand. The people are the brand. Um, Cisco figured this out, right? Cisco just implemented a program or in the midst of implementing a program of turning all 84,000 employees into content creators. So if you're that marketer that says our employees can't go out there and have their own YouTube channel, create video and, con and written content and podcasts and whatever, it's not because they're not qualified to do it. And you know that as a marketer, it's because they are qualified to do it and your insecurity is showing because you're scared as hell that the value that you bring to the table as a marketer is that you don't actually bring marketing strategy. So your job as a marketer is to build this strategy that encompasses all aspects of your business and says, this is how we take all of this and put it in front of our customers to bring the customers through our door. Um, you know, it, it's like the people that are social media experts that went through a Facebook blueprint course and they can run Facebook ads. Well, now cookies are going I, away. You're, you know, I know, I know somebody like that. Yeah, your your cookies are going away. Like like you know, people are leaving. Facebook is still the number one platform out there, has more users than anybody. But things are changing. Like you're not a digital marketer; you're a Facebook ads manager. Is what you are, and there's nothing wrong with that. But people try to expand on this on the, on this big thing where it's like, I'm so much more than I really am. Be proud of what you do and be really really good at it. But also understand that people do business with people. People don't do business with brands or logos or products. You sure. do it with business. So we want to connect with a human being. So to bring up your example of Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Gary V's out there producing content at scale. And, and I can tell you this because of how long I've known him. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, but he's got a team of like 35 people. I remember when it was just Gary and he was producing content at scale using nothing more than a cell phone. He had no equipment. He had no team. He had no gear. He didn't know how to edit video. I still don't think he knows how to edit video, to be honest with you, because um, he has a team that does that now. And never once have you heard Gary talk about VaynerMedia, the Sasha Group, any of those things, right? He doesn't sell his product. He just adds value. And they just won Agency of the Year, right? Um, you know, AdAge just made them Agency of the Year. They're huge. They're in seven or eight countries now. They've got 2,200 employees. You know, they're big and it's all through adding value. So when you, 
when when you lead that way and and start creating content at scale, whether that's video, whether that's and and everybody's really really afraid of video, um, because they're afraid of what people are going to think of them. Nobody cares what you. They don't care. Nobody cares. There, there's going to be people that are going to make fun of you. There are people you work with in your office right now that when you leave the room, they make fun of you. F them. Who cares? People are people, right? That just shows their insecurity. It's going to happen. But firing up a video camera, writing a blog post, whatever, and adding value to people's lives, those are the kind of people that you want to follow. The people that do that for you, those are the ones that you follow. The ones that continually tell you how great they are and why you should buy their product and how you should download their white paper and do lead capture with email addresses and all that. Those are the ones that you're like, eh, this guy's obviously trying to sell me something. Like, George, you and I have talked about this. It's like, um, we're always taught like in, in, in grade school that, that, or in, in management school, even later on, is that the minute you use the word, but nothing before it matters. Right. So it's like, George, you're a great employee. Everybody loves what you're doing. You've really pitched in the last six months while we're going through this project, but there's something that we need to work on. The stuff that I just said no longer matters. You didn't even hear that. You erased that from your memory because now here comes the negative shit and oh God, I'm a horrible person. It's human nature, right? Um, so the minute you start to add all this value and then you go, and if you'd like to learn more, download my white paper, just put in your email address. I now see it as a thinly veiled sales pitch. I know exactly what you're up to and I don't believe any of the crap that you just told me. Open it up, add value, shut it down, never sell. You can say you will sell eventually. I'm not saying don't sell, but don't sell when you're adding value in that content. And and you experienced this first time, firsthand. I don't what was it, two weekends ago, whatever, on a Saturday. You yeah, called me I, like Saturday <laughs> night and and you were like, dude, guess what I just did? Where were you going? You were going to so I was going to um exchange down in Orlando. You know, our buddy Kenny P was down there and a bunch of other people. And I haven't been to an exchange since 2018. And uh formally that is. And I was right. like, you know what? I know, I know, I know all the people that are going, right? I just want to send them a message, right? And not a, hey, come buy my stuff. It's a, hey, um, I haven't been, you know, if you haven't, you know, talked to us in a while, no problem. We're going to be down there. We're going to be hanging out. Safe travel. See you down there. That's it, right? And I, I literally recorded this video like this, packaged it up, sent a, a single email out from me, not through a marketing tool, but I did tag it so I could keep track of how many opens, how many clicks. It was like a 95% open rate. I got 30 replies back saying, hey, this is a great idea. Thanks for the message. Yep. And all I did was I recorded a 45-second video and sent an email saying, see you down in Orlando, safe travels. It took you three minutes. It took you three minutes to record a video, attach it, and send it. And you got a 95% open rate. And like, you know, people are telling me 27, 20, 15, 18, 22 are good. And I'm like, yeah, not really. <laughs> It, but, but but that's the metric that we work on right now, right? Is that, you know, and it's because all of these emails are marketing emails. Um, you know, they, they, they don't entertain, they don't add value. We come up with this really cool, fun concept, and then we send it through copywriters and editors and whatever and blah, 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 until we've made it just boring enough that nobody really wants to read it. I think part of the problem, Eric, and by the way, it really is that simple. And people really have to lean into video. I, I, if you're not doing it, I think you're doing yourself. I agree a dramatic disservice is that they think it needs to look so polished that it's going to end up in the movie theater. You know, like it's going to be the next Marvel film. I just don't think it needs to be that crazy. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think 
this is, again, this is where the opportunity is, right? It's like we have this, this, this crossroads where traditional marketers are not willing to let go of what they're doing. There are some salespeople that are like, I'm just going to keep pounding the phones and do an outbound calling and outbound calling until I'm annoying everybody. I'm going to do drip campaigns until they send me to spam. Um, I'm going to message them on LinkedIn and, and, and try to get them to download my product, which for an increasing number, um, uh, there, there's the CISO of um, Boom Supersonic, um, uh, the guy by the name of Chris. Him and, him and somebody else started a podcast all about shitty sales tactics, this exact topic. And every single week, they, they use defined examples that they've been given to blow people out of the water on, in, you know, outbound cold calling, spam emails, drip campaigns, and they just light them up. Like, it's hilarious. Um, but you're seeing an increased cadence across LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook, everywhere else. People are like, I, I just, I, I will not tolerate you deciding your time is more valuable than mine and that you need to talk to me right now about whatever product that I need to buy from you. My time is valuable. Engage with me like a human, and which is exactly what you did in, in video. So we've got all this AI stuff. And I think AI is amazing. If you're not leveraging AI, if you don't understand um, uh, GPT-4, if you're not understanding MidJourney and a bunch of the other tools that are out there, these aren't replacing marketers. These are yet another tool within the toolkit, right? No different than Facebook ads didn't replace marketers. Twitter didn't replace marketers. Video cameras didn't replace marketers. Zoom didn't replace marketers. AI is not going to replace a marketer. But a marketer that understands how to use AI will replace a marketer that does not understand how to use AI. It's a tool. But we do have all these people that are leaning way too heavy into AI. We have traditional salespeople that are doing um, this, this cold calling outbound and emailing and whatever, these traditional things that just don't work anymore. They're not leveraging partnerships within the ecosystem. So as we start to look at this ecosystem of how do I partner with people and 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 how do I increase um, – uh, uh, there's a company called um, – reveal that kind of coined the term um, nearbound, which is not outbound and it's not inbound. It's nearbound. Leverage your partners, work with them, create content with them. Like if you think about a Microsoft or, or a BVoIP or, you know, um, a, a Huntress or something like that, they have thousands and thousands of partners to choose from. Why would they give you, 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 the MSP, the time of day when they have others that also want their, their, their mind share, they want to go to market together. They want to partner together, all those types of things. Um, why would they give you the time of day? If you're creating content at scale and earning an audience and people are following you, that makes you way more attractive to that partner, to where they're, to that vendor, to where they're going to start to work with you more in, you know, um, MDF funds, things of those, of, of that nature, where they are going to start saying, I'm going to put more of my investment into company X. You know, if I'm an MSP that's out there talking about VoIP and how much VoIP matters all the time without actually selling VoIP and just talking about the benefits and the value and whatever, I'm way more attractive as a partner to be VoIP than somebody that just has a website that talks about the different things that they do. And one of those happens to be voice over IP and, and, you know, and, and UCAS. Right. So here's a, here's a couple of things that are, you know, that I've learned in the last several months. One, visibility is measurable but it happens over time i don't care what you're doing very few things become viral overnight and just explode but if you're consistent and like i think the, the very next important word like 1a and 1b consistent and genuine right if you're not coming if it doesn't come off as authentic and genuine not gonna happen but like i travel a lot right 
that's part of my gig. I'm on planes a lot. You know, we're at events a lot. You know, we do a lot of after hours stuff, you know, shenanigans. I post a lot of that stuff, including my, my latest new favorite thing, George versus airport security. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like, I throw that stuff on there. And then like, I get into my regular like cadence, right? Where we're getting into like conversations and, you know, what could be perspective calls with MSPs, what have you. And they're bringing up those videos like, dude, I saw you came back from London and you had a problem with TSA. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and like, it actually comes up in the conversation. Now, all of a sudden they're like, there's a connection there coming into somebody that you may not even know or know well. And like, they like, they already know what your situation is, right? They're following you. So I'm not saying you got to be, you know, posting 80 times a day, but if you're posting like authentic stuff at some point, it will take off. It's just, you got to keep consistent at it. Yeah, that that's exactly right. This is the, we are firmly in the era of educate and inform over disrupt and sell, right? Um, you know, you have to figure out are, are your customers transacting with you or are they interacting with you? Because if you're, if, if your relationship is, is transactional, they can get that anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, my relationship with Lowe's, Home Depot, Target, and Walmart is 100% transactional. I'm not saying, well, Lowe's has got what I need in stock, but Home Depot doesn't. And I really am a Home Depot fan, so I'm going to wait four or five days or a week to see if they get it in stock. Go into Lowe's, man. Same with hotels. It's like, you know, people ask you all the time, like, what hotel you stay in? And you're like, uh, you look around, you find a pad of paper, you're like, uh, Marriott saying at the Marriott, like there's no allegiance to Marriott because it's a big box with rooms in it that has beds in it. So you need to be interacting with your customer, right? And your customer doesn't care about the underlying tech, right? They're, they're, they're not impressed with your firm's, with, with your firm grasp of acronyms. They want to know how you help them become a better business, not just a better customer. Um, and, you know, as you said, that transformation does not have a stop sign, nor does it have lane markers. It's the equivalent of me being a big fat guy and saying, I really want to lose 40 pounds and I'm going to do that in the next month. No, you're not. It took you years to get this fat. It's going to take you time to get unfat and you have to be willing to put in the work to do this. But people don't want to put in the work to do it. They want an overnight miracle. This is why Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers and everything else exist because they lie to you and tell you that you can lose weight in this record amount of time. Basic high school science and physiology, you can't, right? It's going to take time to get that done. So. You know, you don't have to be perfect at it. Grab your phone, right? Embrace being perfectly imperfect. Um, hug your haters. You know, the fastest way to diffuse a hater is to jump into the conversation and say, man, I'm really sorry you feel that way, right? Um, you know, your customer's already knee deep in the impossible. So focus on the possible. What are the positives? What things can you do? And, and remember that your voice is the voice of the customer, not the voice of the product. Think about what they're going through and what they want to hear you know, and, and this is where that opportunity lies for when you have all these MSPs, these ISVs, these tech companies, these whatever that are still doing and holding on to what they used to do. It broadens this huge opportunity for your voice to be heard in a way that theirs isn't. You will, you will resonate better than they will. So the ones that jump into this and take advantage of this very, very quickly and start to really understand, you know, this isn't about recording video. This isn't about podcasts or writing. This is about re-envisioning Every aspect of business, whether that's community engagement, partnerships and ecosystems, um, go-to-market, branding, sales and marketing strategy, all of that through the lens of value-added content creation. You're going to see, you know, Mr. Beast created one of the most successful energy bars in the world 
they can't keep him on the shelf at Walmart anywhere on the planet. And he is a content creator. Um, Logan Paul created the prime energy drink. Um, he's a content creator. Like if you look at some of the huge brands that have happened out there, they're happening by content creators. Now, granted, those are B2C brands. We're going to start to see this emerge now as B2B. And 2023 is going to be a very, very interesting year where a lot of people are going to get left in the dust and a lot of people that were struggling. You know, what is it? 90% of MSPs are under 1 million a year ARR. Mm -hmm. The opportunity for those 90% to go out there and challenge the 10% of the mid-market and enterprise MSP space is just massively huge. And the reason it's so huge is because you literally, if you're watching this, this, this live stream or, or, or watching it later when it's recorded, you can literally get off of it, turn on your webcam or pick up your phone and have a thought about something. And if you think you don't have anything to say, you're on calls every single day, you're in meetings every single day, you have stuff that you talk to customers about and you think, God, I wonder if, the, I wonder if more people wonder, you know, how, how we go about doing that, why we do that, why that is that way. That's a 30 to 45 second video. Record absolutely everything, even if you never publish it, just record it because somewhere down the road, you're going to go, wait a minute. We just talked about this a week and a half ago. I happen to, I happen to have some video about that. It's sitting on my camera roll. Boom. There's a piece of content. It's all you're doing is memorializing the conversations you're already having, you know, but those people that, that embrace that and move forward with that are going to blow by some of these bigger ones that, that, that can't get out of their own way because they're stuck, they're stuck in 13 meetings between sales, marketing, rev ops, marketing ops, whatever. Yeah. So if you take anything from this call, and by the way, we're going to talk a little bit about Eric's company and how they can help you, but if you take away anything from this, this session, it's if you're afraid to get in front of a camera, get over it quickly because you need to be able to be, you know, on tape or recorded or digital on tape. I know that's old school. I still call it on tape Same. behind the camera. Like be able to, Cut those up. You don't need to ultimately Ken Patterson tape. Yeah, tape. Remember those tapes? Oh, that's right. I got one right here. Remember these? Oh my God, you do have a VHS tape. <laughs> you have a top loading VCR too. Remember what we used to go boom and pop up like a toaster? I don't have that. I have the VCR DVD combo. Nice. Yeah, that way it's like you know one box to rule them all. Anyway, and yes, I have all the streaming services. Let's stop, stop, stop. But anyway, my point <laughs> to you is. Get, get, a, get comfortable with camera. Figure out how to just record the things that you're talking about already, just like Eric said. And those things will drive forward. You know, a lot of people said that Facebook and LinkedIn and Reddit and Google ads and all that is just complete train wreck. You're wasting your money. But you know what the number one fastest growing thing on all those platforms are? Videos, reels, Absolutely. video clips. Like you'll have tremendous traction if you... Record good content, short clips, tag them properly, watch it rip. It works. And quite frankly, I'm going to go another step. Instead of just sending text emails, record a video and send the email, embed it in the email. Or instead of, and I know you, know, you get all the blasts through LinkedIn, instead of sending a message through LinkedIn, send a video message. Instead of sending a text message through the Messenger app, send the video message. And watch what happens. Yeah. The, the first time you ever rode a, rode a bike when you were a kid, you fell over. You looked like an idiot. You felt like an idiot. It didn't stop you from riding a bike. You just kept doing it and got better at it. The first time you ever ran a Facebook ad or touched a router or a switch or Active Directory or Azure 
or O365, M365, or anything that you've ever done, the first time you ever cooked hamburgers or steak or anything in your kitchen, you weren't great at it, but you kept doing it and you got better at it to, to a point where you were proficient. This is how we learned everything in life, right? So grab this thing and, and just start recording. You will discover that what you'll find is 100 videos down the road, you'll go back and look at the first one and go, ooh, damn, that was rough. Like I didn't realize it was that rough, but that was rough. And if you're one of those super, super analytical people that just can't seem to do it, then do this. Turn your camera around so that this side of the camera is facing you so you can't see yourself on the screen and record five minutes of you talking. No matter what it is, record five minutes of you talking. Then do these following steps. Now you're going to turn around and you're going to, um, don't, don't watch it for about 24 to 48 hours. Let it sit because it's still fresh in your mind. Now go back and mute your phone and watch the video without any audio. Watch your mannerisms, watch your facial expressions, watch what your arms and your hands do. Then rewind it and turn the volume back on and put your phone face down so you can't see it and listen to your voice. And then you can go one step further and open up your Mac or your PC or whatever and do dictation and read it in there so it brings it in as text and then turn around and have it speak it back to you from that text file and you'll hear it at a, at a, at a, at a, at a monotone cadence and see if your message makes sense or not. But it'll teach you a whole lot about what you like about your mannerisms or don't, what you like about your voice or don't. But I will tell you this is that scientifically speaking, the voice that I hear when I speak inside my head and the voice that you hear, George, are two very, very different voices. I don't hear myself in my head the way that you hear me um, because it's inside your head. You have more bass. It's more tonal. It's a, it's a lot of things. So when you hear yourself on video, you're like, my God, do I actually sound like that? Yeah, you do actually sound like that. Guess what? It's been just fine talking to customers, friends, people at the bar, whatever, at dinner, football games for decades. So be comfortable with it. And, and you know, all those little analytical steps, I honestly would skip every single one of them and just start recording and just save it to your camera roll. Whether you do anything with it or not, it's completely up to you. But people don't put as much value into what you look like and what you sound like as you think they do. They're really much more about the message add value, add value, add value. And the minute you feel yourself starting to slip into that thing of, you know, Hey, what we do here and what we do at my company and how we add value, stop, stop right there. Just add value, become that person in the room that everybody wants to be around because you impart so much wisdom on them about things they haven't thought about. And now it's worth mentioning that then I've heard this a lot from people is that they say, well, yeah, but there's already everybody in the world talking about that. <clears throat> Great. Back early in the tech days, I told you, company number two, we started doing networking, right? And I was like, oh, crap, I have to figure out this subnetting thing. I don't even know what the hell that is. What the hell's a subnet? I was like, I understand this whole 255, 255.255.0 thing, but I was like, I don't know what the heck it does. I just know that I need it. So I was like, all right. So a buddy of mine was like, dude, Microsoft book on subnetting. I know it seems counterintuitive because it's a Microsoft publication, but it literally is the best book on subnetting. And I went out and bought it and I read it and I was like, yeah, I don't get it. So I bought three other books. I read blog posts. I read all kinds of stuff on subnetting. And I'm like, well, that's it. I'm a moron. I cannot learn subnetting. I'm the stupidest human being that's ever lived because I can't understand what subnetting is. I was like, that's great. I'm an idiot. I, I guess I'll just not work in tech anymore then. And I was sitting down at a bar with a buddy of mine who's a Cisco engineer. I was like, I can't, I, I, I can't learn subnetting. I don't get it. And he was like, hang on. And he grabbed the waitress walk by. He's like, you got a pen? She was like, yeah. So he grabs a napkin, takes him about 
a minute and a half. And I was like, holy shit, I understand subnetting. He's like, yeah, it's not that hard, man. But it was like the way he explained it versus all the books clicked and I got it. The point in that is, is that, yeah, everybody's talking about the exact same thing. Everything's reused and rehashed. It's the person that delivers it and how they deliver it that makes it resonate with me. So if I'm a business and you're an MSP and I trust you and I believe in you and you explain it in a way to me, a topic that I've already seen in three different articles and seen two different people talk about in different places on LinkedIn or whatever, or YouTube, yours probably will resonate with me a little bit differently. So it's okay to talk about the exact same topic because you're adding your perspective and your flair as to how this is important to the people that are, are, your, are your audience. And you don't need to be the next Gary Vee or Mr. Beast or Casey Neistat or, or, or Logan Paul. It doesn't matter how many people you have. It matters how many people you influence. So if you've got 100 people consistently watching your video, but you're influencing 85 of them, that's way better than having a million people watch your video and only influencing and influencing a thousand of them. Very. Right. So by the way, Kenny P says tape, but, but, but Kenny P, did you hear they're bringing Blockbuster back? Go to blockbuster.com. It's, it's resolving. It goes Dude, to a page. It's rad, isn't it? So if you didn't know that you learned that here. Uh, and then he says, but Bowles has a, has a voice of a soft rock radio station DJ. <laughs> Coming up at the top of the hour, we will be playing some Kenny G. <laughs> along with Kenny, Kenny P. <laughs> along with Kenny P. I'm Kenny P, and we'll be playing Kenny G for the next 71 hours. That could be interesting. Is there 71 hours of Kenny P plus Kenny G? Oh, no. Uh, so let's take the last few minutes here to talk about this new company you just started since this is like your, I don't know, fifth company, sixth company, eighth company. I've lost track. Sixth now, yeah. Number six. What's um, number six look like? What is it going to do for the people who might be watching this, this stream? You know, um, uh, companies one through five, I was super focused on like, how do we scale? How do we get big? How do we do this? How do we do that? Like, how do, how do we, how do we, you know, put our name on the, on, on the wall and get people to notice us? I'm really not there with this one, to be honest with you. It's kind of interesting is that um, I've had so many MSPs and ISVs and, and, and probably even more importantly, like, tech professionals, salespeople, engineers, DevOps people, um, you know, SDRs, BDRs, um, reach out and say, I really want to understand like how I build my personal brand, how I take my personal brand and, and, and have my MSP leverage it. How do I, how does my MSP, like a one, two, three, five man shop, how do we become better? Like we can't do any of this cold calling stuff. Like we don't have the, the staff, the people, the scale, whatever. How do we increase our business, not only with our current customers, but with new customers, um, how, how do we do that? Um, like, show us how to do that. Consult with us. And, and there's just, there's not enough hours in the day. Um, um, and and there's, there's a price barrier for a lot of these smaller MSPs. And so we kind of talked to a bunch of them. We said, okay, let's form a community where it's a bunch of MSPs, ISVs, tech professionals, et cetera. And, and we are, we are literally discussing, you know, uh, community and, and engagement, um, partnerships and ecosystems, branding, marketing, go-to-market, sales strategy, all of those things through that lens of how do we communicate with our customers through content, whether that's audio, video, written, whatever. But how does this all, how, how do we close that last mile gap? We don't talk about, you know, 
how you build an MSP from a financial perspective or, or, or what business processes you put in place. You should already know that. And if you don't, there are people like Taylor Business Group and, and Pax8 Academy and a ton of places out there where you can learn that. <clears throat> not that we couldn't teach it, it's just not in our wheelhouse. Um, so we've gotten, you know, you, um, Kenny P, um, you know, a handful of other people across the cloud ecosystem to help be mentors and, and participate in this. And this is really what this is becoming. And rather than being that, you know, there's no templates, there's none of that download our marketing template and go put it on LinkedIn along with, you know, 350 other MSPs. I, I don't believe in any of that. This is genuinely teaching you how to create original organic content. Um, it's not to say that you don't need a marketing department, you don't need creatives, you do, but, but this is that push to develop your personal brand in, 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 in value to yourself and in value to the business, how to develop your business brand, um, all, all through content, right? And it kind of closes that last mile gap. And then because we don't want it to be that, yeah, there's, you know, 5,000 people in here and, and, and they're all amazing people and whatever, but, you know, 132 of them contribute on a regular basis, right? We have 4,800 and whatever it is that never actually participate and they're just kind of here. We want it to be everybody that's super engaged and super passionate. And this is what I was talking about before about the ones that truly get it and decide to embrace it and move forward are going to be the ones that are going to want to win. That are going to be the ones that are going to win. Those are the ones we want in the community. So we even put up like an application process where you can't just go swipe a credit card and, 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 and join the community like you can with other places where you're like, I need marketing material. Here's my credit card number. Let me download your stuff. I think that's old school. I don't, I don't think it's going to work anymore. So we made it. A, a highly vetted membership community where it is the best of the best. So not only do we, not only do you, you come in knowing that you're going to be working with people and, and being around a community of people that are super passionate and, and, and are really striving for the same thing that you are, you're going to be that person as well. Whether you're a brand new newcomer, whether you've got three years of experience in creating content, whether you're a branding and marketing and digital expert, whatever, Everybody comes together to move everybody forward. That's really what it is. And, and I, I honestly don't care. Like we're probably going to cap the membership at some point just because I don't want there to be 5,000 people in there, you know. So we'll probably cap the membership at some point. But I would much rather have, you know, three, four, five hundred super passionate people, again, than 10,000 people where only 1% of them ever show up. Yeah. Right? 100%. That's, that's, is, that's part of the game, the, the engagement. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. I, I, I just want super passionate people that, that are like, look, I'm, I'm ready to stop dicking around and I'm ready to move to the next level. And what we've been doing doesn't work. So let's try something new. Right. Um, we, we know that it works, you know, I mean, you know, Pax 8 studios is going gangbusters and they've got some brilliantly talented people, Matt Lee, Dom Kirby, those kind of people. And, 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 and behind the scenes, you know, the Rob Barnes of the world, like we, we know that this works. This is what put Pax8 on the map in the very, very beginning was doing things different. They showed up at trade shows with flight suits. They created a content at scale across the internet that added value and never really sold what they were doing. And, you know, the big companies, the Ingrams of the world, the whatever, were like, well, who are these little Pax8 ankle biter guys? And the next thing you know, they're a billion ARR company, you know, like it's ridiculous. It works. We know it works. You're doing it all the time. George, you're creating content at scale now and you're getting better and better and better at it. Matt Lee's doing it. Dom Kirby's doing it. Um, you know, yeah, we, we have people that are creating content now at scale and, and, and everybody that's doing it is winning. So why not do it?
You know? 100%. 100%. Got a question that popped in. Kenny Peach says community, 100%. Anthony Martini says, sign me up. Well, we're going to talk about where to go sign up. Where do they find information on this, Eric? It is vosa.co, V-O-S-A.co. So Vosa is um, Fijian for word or conversation. And that's really the basis of all of this is that um, it's the first word ever invented in the Fijian language because they think that community and conversation and being human and helpful and whatever is so incredibly important that that's just kind of where that came from. So um, that it was all based around how we communicate, how we talk, how we engage, how we actually be human with each other and stop selling each other stuff. Um, you know, so VOSA.co. And, so check uh, that out and like lean into that. your video camera. You all have one. I promise you, if you have a cell phone from like 2004 on, you got one or your the, the camera in your computer. I promise it, it should work. You know, just slide that thing to the left. You lean into content creator mode. And by the think, way, it's, it works. Just think about, think about the shitty videos that your grandparents, even your parents created that, that memorialized all their life. You've got a 4K camera right here. Like you have a camera in your pocket that is better than 90% of what has ever been recorded going backwards, right? There's zero excuse not to create. It, there just there just isn't. And, and if you haven't already, because you'll get more stats than you ever thought you knew, if you go into your LinkedIn account and Google how to, or just Google LinkedIn, turn on content, content creator mode, you get all these stats that you had no idea about of the things that come back to you on your account on LinkedIn. So like all these platforms are now pivoting to creating content. So do that. Absolutely. 1000% do that. And even, and like, if you're willing to let your people, you know, get out from behind the computer screen, get them to do it too. Yeah. And, and here's a, just a quick anecdote is that I was like, well, should I be on LinkedIn or YouTube? You should be both places. Let me explain why you should be on YouTube. YouTube is owned by Google. Google is a search engine. Go look up how to fix my washer and dryer, how to unplug this, how to fix my vacuum, whatever. And what you'll see on the page about three or four down on your search results are YouTube videos because they're indexing those YouTube videos and bringing them into the Google search results. Now go Google how to configure a PFSense firewall. And what you'll see is Tom Lawrence from Lawrence Systems. You'll see videos from him about four or five search results down on the first page because he's creating content at scale on YouTube specific to PFSense. So when people go out and say, how do I do this? How do I do that? As it pertains to their chiropractic business, plumbing business, auto shop, hospital, whatever lawyer firm, whatever business you service, start creating content as it pertains to that business. And when those people go out and Google that, guess who's going to show up? Your video from YouTube talking about the things that they want to learn about. That's it. This video is recorded. It will be up on mspinitiative.com in a little bit. Eric, I really appreciate you jumping on. We're going to be seeing a lot of you this year, so yes, not going anywhere. Sky's no. been behind some crazy brands in his his career. I always love to learn from people who have just like absolutely were in like the toughest possible situation in the biggest possible scenarios. And they found an answer. I, I'm a problem solver guy. I love people who find answers to problems. Same. Anyway. MSPinitiative.com. We're going to be back here Tuesday, Thursdays, one o'clock Eastern time, 24 seven MSPinitiative.com is where everything gets parked. See everything we do and we'll catch you on the next one. Eric, we'll be in touch, my friend. Thank you, George. Appreciate you so much. You got it, my friend. Have a good one. Hey, take care.